0: hello and welcome to the latest edition of the director's cut your one-stop shop for all the latest trends on all matters relating to sport and exercise science strength and conditioning and healthy living i'm your host tim hanway the performance director at Velocity Sports Performance Norwood. I am joined again by the very talented, very beautiful, uh, but in all seriousness, one of the best holistic nutritionists I know, and that is my wife, Jennifer Hanway. Jen, good to have you back. Hi, Tim. So, today's episode, I want to discuss um, kind of a little bit kind of cliche sounding, but the concept of New Year's resolution, uh, you know, kind of healthy challenges, and how do you keep the good how do you keep the good times rolling i mean i just feel like so often you know we hear about people start with the greatest of intentions and they make some fantastic progress you know only to again revert back to their old ways so i just wanted to kind of leverage your expertise and just figure out ways that you know people can continue on with just fantastic progress when they make these big changes in their lives so uh, I have to give a quick shout out to all the members who are doing the Velocity 28 Day Transformation Challenge. So part of today's podcast is also about answering your questions. Um, you know I've learned so much just living with you uh, about nutrition, um, about supplements, about meal prep, about all these things that in my opinion really are the cornerstones and the foundations for success. So needless to say it makes sense to to again leverage your expertise. So. Let's just kind of get right into it. A big thing when it comes to eating and living healthy seems to be food preparation. How do we go about that?
1: I think the big thing with meal prep or food prep is people think that it has to be complicated and that it's going to take hours and hours on a Sunday night. You're going to have to devote the whole day to it. And it really, really doesn't. I think just doing a few staple things that you can use for grab-and-go dinners, breakfast, lunches um, on a Sunday evening can really, really make the rest of the week easy. And then supplementing that with some fresh food and even some meals out can really, really help balance out the week. Um, So I would suggest possibly cooking up some chicken breasts. You can do this in the oven. Sweet potatoes are great and you can actually cook sweet potatoes in a slow cooker. We tend to do one egg dish, so maybe like some egg muffins, a frittata, something like that cooking up some roast veggies to go along with that and then maybe prepping some of the dry ingredients for smoothies or even doing the whole smoothie mixture and popping that in the freezer in a Ziploc bag and then you've got a good basis of maybe two-thirds to three-quarters of your meals for throughout the week and then just adding in some fresh, fresh veggies um, things on top of that can really, really help to get you set up for the week.
0: No, and I think that's, again, tremendous advice if you had to kind of look at your quintessential pieces of equipment, I mean really making this kind of idiot-proof for people. So you just mentioned Ziploc bags, Uh, I'm assuming some sort of Tupperware, but do you have kind of any preferences just for things that are going to, you know, last, protect your food from going off, that are just decent products to, again, maximize this process?
1: Yeah, I mean, we couldn't live without our slow cooker and it's great for chilies, for curries, as I said, you can cook sweet potatoes in it. And the best thing about that is you can just dump all the ingredients in and leave it overnight or do it first thing in the morning and leave it during the day. So you really want to use things that are kind of going to make things a lot easier. So I definitely say a slow cooker is a great idea. Um, We love our cast iron pans. They're just really, really great pieces of cookware and they're going to last forever. Um, food processor or smoothie uh, maker blender is really really important and we just have a Nutribullet it's super powerful and it's about $100 from Amazon Um, and then I'd say invest in some great kind of glass Tupperware for want of a better word so some glass dishes with some lids that you can a cook in but that you can also store your food in is going to be a lot healthier than any kind of plastic or even the BPA free plastic uh, Mason jars are a great addition as well. You can throw salads in there, throw your smoothies in there, um, and then some Ziploc bags for the freezer as well.
0: Why should we be wary of like heating plastics?
1: So these days it's a lot better that you don't see too many BPA-free products, but you just want to think that when you are heating that plastic, the chemicals from the plastic is going to leach into your food. And this is where we come into the subject of something called xenoestrogens. And these are basically chemical estrogens made in the body when we are introduced to these kind of chemicals, again, in plastic. So you just really want to be really, really careful. Storing cold food in plastic is not the end of the world, but just don't be reheating that in the microwave.
0: Okay, so on the topics of produce, and I believe we actually maybe even discussed this a little bit in the original podcast we did together. You know, again, the benefits of eating organic and I think more and more people understand that you know for all those reasons you just mentioned just the chemicals and things we've also described that organic food is really expensive you know so what are just some of those tips on how you can optimize your health but also just not break the bank
1: yeah it's true I mean organic food is really expensive and it is getting better these days and I'd say the first thing to do would be to A couple of things to maximize places like BJ's and Costco. I mean, Tim, as you know, we do a lot of our grocery shopping in BJ's and they do have a lot of great organic produce in there. Um, Also eating food that in season is always going to be a lot cheaper. So right now, you know, squashes, sweet potatoes, yams, all of those hearty root vegetables in this area are in season, whereas things like soft skin fruits like berries are not. So anything eating in season is always going to be a lot cheaper. You also want to be thinking about things like buying produce from local producers and local growers and local farmers. A lot of the time the smaller farm companies can't afford an organic certification. So they may be growing things with organic methods but they just can't afford to have that USDA organic cert on it. So it's really useful to get to know what's being produced in your local area and getting to know those producers as well. Um, The other tip I would say about organic produce is that it doesn't have to all be organic. And this is where something called the clean 15 and the dirty dozen comes in. And the clean 15 are your products that have or your produce that has really really thick skins. So you want to think things like bananas, kiwis, um, pineapples, anything that has a really thick skin and that you're definitely not going to eat the skin. And that doesn't necessarily have to be organic. But when we're looking at foods with a softer skin, as I said, things like berries, apples, that's when you really want to spend your dollars on getting organic produce. And if you just Google clean 15 or dirty dozen, you'll come up with an updated list online as well.
0: Now, here's just another interesting point as we talk about food prep. And I can only, again, speak from my own experience, uh, especially being in college. And, you know, you tend to see it when we talk even, I guess, about other realms of of fitness and performance and like bodybuilders and stuff, but it's still relevant. So is it important, and I think you just kind of touched on this, to rotate foods? I mean, we talked about meal prep, we talked about the importance, but if I have chicken every single day, is that going to have some sort of negative repercussion um, on my health and fitness?
1: So I think if we're at the point where we're looking at, oh my goodness, I'm eating too much chicken and broccoli, for most people that's a really great problem to have. Like if your nutrition is at that level and that's what you're worrying about, then I think it's a great issue to have in a way. Um, Food rotation is important. I don't think it's as important in our kind of Western diets where we have access to a lot of different foods as it would be if you were eating maybe five foods all the time. And there's a couple of reasons why we want to rotate foods. One of the reasons is is that if we eat too much of any food, we start to build up an intolerance to it. This is one of the reasons why we see a lot of gluten intolerances and a lot of dairy intolerances. It's just because our body is having too much of the same thing and these ingredients are in everything. And the body starts to see that almost as a foreign invader. It starts to set off an immune attack to it. So that's one of the reasons why we want to vary our food sources and we do want to cut out things like wheat, dairy, gluten that we're having way too much of in our diets. The other thing is we wanna make sure we're getting a wide variety of nutrients. So if I'm just having chicken and broccoli all week, all I'm doing is getting one white lean meat and one type of vegetable. So there's different ways that you can kind of almost hack this and think about it. So maybe you look at eating your rainbows. So you're getting your greens, your reds, your purples in. So you know you're getting that wide variety of vitamins, minerals, and those phytochemicals in there and those antioxidants. Maybe one day a week you go more plant-based or you go more vegan. One day a week you just have fish One day a week, you're getting some game meats in and you're trying a different type of protein every week. So you could be doing some goat or some venison or some buffalo, something like that, just one day a week. And just by mixing it up, you're going to prevent food intolerances. You're going to make sure you're getting a wide variety of nutrients. And it's also going to stop you from getting bored with food as well.
0: That's a really interesting point. I mean, I never even thought about how boredom could influence nutrition, diet. Hunger, I bet as well, Um, really interesting, certainly I want to kind of go deeper in that in some future podcasts with you if you're kind enough to join me. Um, On the topic of kind of going gluten-free, you know, now you go to any major retailer or supermarket like a Whole Foods, like a Trader Joe's, and I think we can say that, you know, the gluten-free has become its own industry, I guess. Uh, but is gluten-free breads and muffins, I mean, are are there anything that we need to be aware of, or is this stuff just healthy?
1: Okay, so let's be real here. A muffin is a muffin, and whether it's gluten-free or it's full of gluten, it's still gonna be sugar-fat and super-processed. So I tend to look at this in stages, and I always want to meet a client where they're at. So looking at it from a real world, if your diet is you wake up in the morning and you have a bowl of cereal and some toast and then you have a sandwich in the evening and then you have pasta for dinner, well, taking away all of those things is just gonna take away everything that you're eating and you're not gonna be compliant to a diet. So that's when I would suggest to my clients to add in some of these gluten-free options. So replace that. And then once you've got used to that for a couple of weeks, then we can start looking at some more kind of healthful foods to replace those gluten-free options. So maybe we are looking at, you know, replacing that pasta in the evening with some rice, some quinoa, some amaranth, something like that. Or looking at one of these type of gluten-free pastas that's actually made of lentils or chickpeas. One of the issues with gluten-free products is that they're often filled with a lot of different fillers because they're replacing that gluten. So they are still super processed and with this, they can be actually higher in carbohydrates and higher in the glycemic index. So this is why once we're kind of off the gluten, we then wanna wean ourselves again off the gluten-free products. So having a look at what things are made out of. Maybe it's you know a brown rice bread, maybe it's a lentil pasta, something like that. And then just thinking outside of the box of what you're doing with your carbohydrates. So could that carbohydrate on the side be something like a sweet potato or a butternut squash, which is going to be way higher in nutrients for you and super high in fiber as well.
0: Okay, let's now shift focus to the topic on everyone's mind. And I'm talking to my Velocity Transformation Challenge members and anyone with a pulse here in Boston or New England. And that is Super Bowl Sunday, which is going to come up as New England Patriots take on the Atlanta Falcons. Now, assuming most of our listeners in the area are gonna be going to Super Bowl parties, how can they enjoy themselves without being that person who's just eating carrots out of a Ziploc bag in the corner? What, what are some ideas and some tips that you know you would recommend so that you can still participate and be with your friends and family and enjoy the night out, but again, not self-sabotage yourself?
1: So I think with something like this, it's always important to put things in into perspective, and you know the health benefits of having fun with friends and family. You know that that's really going to outweigh anything. But with a night like this, it's really wanting to look at something like quality over quantity. So having a think about what we can do for those typical kind of Super Bowl dishes that I'm learning about, and really making them still really healthful and using really really quality ingredients. So. For example baking the chicken wings rather than deep frying them you know baking them with some coconut oil some great fats putting some great kind of hot sauce on them or something having sliders but making these sliders out of uh grass-fed beef so it's you know really really tasty and the higher the quality of the ingredients the more the taste and less you're going to need as well um, maybe with these sliders wrapping them up in maybe like a wrap, you know, a gluten-free wrap rather than a bun. So you're lowering that carbohydrate content, swapping out those fries with some sweet potato fries. So you're getting all of those great antioxidants and beta carotene in there. Um, you know, I'm a huge fan of guacamole and salsa. So making a great homemade guac, making some salsa, making sure they're not store-bought, you know, having those veggies on the side as well, getting in some organic corn chips rather than you know something really processed like doritos or something so with this it's it's not about not having those really fun foods that can be treats but it's really about the quality of those ingredients rather than the quantity
0: okay i think that is some fantastic fantastic advice and i know one that has become a bit of a tradition in this household uh as well so I want to kind of dedicate the tail end of this podcast to just kind of answering some of the questions uh, that were brought to my attention, uh, not only through kind of the Facebook group that we have for our Transformation Challenge, but just casual conversation that I've had with some of our adult members, uh, even just some kind of close friends and colleagues. So, you know, one of them centers around dairy. You know, we discussed a little bit about kind of gluten-free and some of the benefits of that. And I think we went into great detail on our original podcast. We talked about leaky gut and how that can affect kind of health, well-being and all that stuff. But, you know, we got people out there that just really love cheese. Is there a way that they can have their cheese and eat it too?
1: So again, we're looking at a case of quality over quantity. And if your team has been kind of dairy-free for about 28 days, we can then look at gradually reintroducing it and seeing how your body copes with it. So what I would do in this case is put in some really great um, sheep or goats dairy. So you could go for like a sheep or goat yogurt or some goat's cheese, something like a feta or some soft goat's cheese. Have a tiny bit, maybe with some salad or something, see how your body... You know, see how your body feels with it, if you don't have any adverse effects, then you can gradually put dairy in. It's not something I would have every day. I would go for something like a sheep or a goat, and there's a couple of reasons for that. One is that it tends to be less processed, and two, it's easier to digest. So one of the issues we have with the dairy industry in the US, and it's the same in the UK as well, is that our dairy is super processed. So this is why it's not so great for our health. So this super skimmed 2% ultra pasteurized milk is really, really not great for our systems. So I would say start with a sheep or a goat dairy. If you can't stomach that, then you really want to go, and this is gonna sound controversial, but you want to go whole fat, cream, milk, yogurt, kind of as less processed as possible. So dairy in its natural state is gonna be a lot easier for your body to digest. It's going to be full of some great fats in there. And it's also going to taste so great that you're not going to need as much.
0: And just the one thing I'd want to add to that is a little cheese called halloumi, which I believe is made... Is it sheep or is it goat?
1: Yeah, so halloumi is a sheep's cheese and it's originally from Greece. And you can do something like a halloumi. A feta cheese is awesome as well or a soft cheese. And these can kind of help take you get rid of that cheese craving without having that kind of ultra ultra processed like bright orange cheese the other option you can do with this is if you find that you really can't digest that dairy is that there are some great nut cheeses coming out right now kite hill is a company that does that and you can get this from whole foods and we've had the soft cheeses Um, so you can get a soft cheese made out of something like a cashew or an almond if you find you can't digest that cheese after all
0: And I can just speak from personal experience on the halloumi. Uh, You actually first introduced me to halloumi on one of our dates in London, and I pretty much married you as a consequence. So that's how good that is. And also with the almond cheese, likewise. And you also make cashew cheese. Um, I am very fortunate and blessed that we have found kind of the cheese hack.
1: Yeah, and the cashew cheese is super easy to make at home. So you just get a couple of handfuls of cashews. You want to soak them overnight. You then want to just pour off that water, and then you can just throw them in a food processor or a blender. The big squeeze of lime juice, a uh, big pinch of salt, lime or lemon juice, and it's going to give you. I'm not going to say it tastes exactly like cream cheese, but it's a really great substitute.
0: Another question I just had for uh, some of our members again that have actually tried some of the dishes that you have made, you know, namely like you know cashew patties and things. Just as a general rule, do people? need to soak nuts before they prepare them in any way.
1: So soaking nuts is great for a couple of reasons. It helps to get rid of any kind of anti-nutrients in the nuts. It also really helps to make the nuts, um, their nutrients bioavailable. However, it is a really time consuming process. So if you have the time soaking them overnight, and then we then once you've soaked them you then have to dehydrate them in the oven so if you have a dehydrator you just put them in the oven for a good few hours on a on a low temperature mm. it's really awesome but it's not essential i'd say that is kind of like that top 2% of your health goals would be to soak and dry and roast your nuts so if time is an issue it's not really the end of the world. And just be careful with nuts. It is something that we can really, really overeat when we're looking at, you know, when we move to one of these healthier diets or these low carb diets. I see people eating, you know, bags and bags full of nuts every day, and they are very highly calorific and they can be slightly inflammatory. So a couple of handfuls a week is going to give you those nutrients without being too inflammatory.
0: And I guess just the final um, note that I just wanted to kind of discuss a little bit, kind of back to our Super Bowl Sunday. Um, You know, likewise, you've given some great alternatives to kind of the staple foods like sliders, uh, chicken wings, just kind of little tips on, on how we can best prepare that. Just any advice in general on alcohol?
1: Again, I would go for quality, not quantity. So, you know, Tim and I, we love a glass of red wine, but I'm always gonna go for an organic red wine. And that might be once a month as opposed to every week so really look for quality not quantity and looking for those low sugar alcohols as well so our go to is a great glass of organic red wine you could look at doing a clear spirit like a vodka or a gin um and just really being aware of it's an either or situation So if I'm having a glass of wine with a meal, I'm not gonna have dessert. If I really want dessert, I'm not gonna have the glass of wine. If I really want the bread with my meal, I'm gonna have the bread and not the wine. So that's where we can tend to fall into that trap of all or nothing. But we can enjoy these things and make them part of our regular diet if it is a choosing one. So choosing your poison. I didn't wanna call them poison. Choosing your treats.
0: Okay. And just finally, as we wrap it up, you know, anytime I get a guest, uh, I always want to just kind of give them a chance to to plug. I mean, you're doing some really interesting, amazing things kind of in Boston, you know, in the sense that you're actually helping people to prepare these dishes. So again, where can people find you?
1: Yeah, so every Friday lunchtime, um, anytime between 12 and one thirty at Boston Public Market, which is on Hanover Street in Boston, I have a hands-on cooking class called Superfood Society and you can come down and I will take you through making the dish, you make the dish yourself, you can eat it there, you can take it away with you, and it's just a great way of learning how to make some really easy nutrient packed lunches, snacks, dishes, um, and really getting hands on with the ingredients as well, and that's every Friday from 12 to 1.30 at Market.
0: Well, all right, ladies and gents, again, great to be back, thanks for listening. This is Tim Hanway, your performance director, very fortunate and lucky to have Jen, I'm hoping to get her back and we will be seeing you soon.
1: Go Pats.